Ladies and gentlemen, all rise. Court is back in session. Welcome to another exciting episode of The Devil's Due. I am your host, Carl Duty. With me, as always, is a man who, in another life, was a roadie for the band Cold Slither, Mr. Drew Celestino. Or was I in Cold Slither? We're, oh, dude. I would ask for your autograph right now <laughs> if you could give me some evidence that you were, in fact, in Cold Slither. It's a long gestating goal of mine to do some kind of cover of Cold Slither and or the movie version of the theme song itself. So. That being G.I. Joe, of course. I hear that. And yet, when I ask for a long, cold, dark cover of reused theme from Street Fighter for yeah. my 40th birthday, I got like, yeah, no, we don't do covers. Do you know how many We're long, gestating ideas I have covers. that are never going to happen? <laughs> <laughs> I'm barely making progress on this album. <laughs> uh, here we are again, sir. Opening statements. How was your week? Oh, well, that's usually not a good sign of a start. I don't have much of a recollection of the week that was, to be wow. honest with you. <laughs> One of those weeks, huh? <laughs> just, just life just kind of... Drew got to it. No, nah, you know, life just fading yeah. away a little bit every day. It's... Um, all becomes one big blur of diaper changes, feedings, and naps. More or less. More or less. Um, we did have... Uh, let me let me retrace my steps a bit. Uh, we did have game night. We did. Um, we played... Lords of Waterdeep. Thank you. Uh, yeah, that was a good game. It was very good. I enjoy that. Um, pretty cool. And then um, we attempted to play Ninja Squad. Which was also good, but again, I think we all started to crash. Late. It, yeah, yeah, we were just we, like, okay... Can I make my ninja run faster? That uh, the five a.m. wake up call. I I feel it most on game night <laughs> after ten p.m. Yes, I am elderly now. Um, Saturday I had quite a bit of uh, running around to do, so um, I had a diaper party to attend in the midday, and then like immediately after that, I came home to make a dessert for a dinner gathering that we went to very shortly after I got back from the diaper party. Gotcha. So I made a peanut butter pie Kay. with a pretzel crust. Okay. pretty good. Did, was this pretty involved good. pretty much just like putting a bag of pretzels in a pan, smashing it up, and just scooping peanut butter in there? No. All right. So it involved crushing pretzels, uh, melting butter over the top of them, folding it together along with some brown sugar, baking said thing into a crust, then uh, whipping together peanut butter, powdered sugar, cream cheese, and something else was in there. Oh, Cool Whip. A whole thing of Cool Whip. Cool Whip. Uh, and then come putting that into the cooled pie crust and putting it in the mm. fridge to cool for the, uh, you know, until it was time to eat. Gotcha. Turned out good. Turned out very good, actually. Cool. Um, I would do it again, but I would probably uh, pulse the pretzel crust a little finer. Big chunks is generally not how you want to do a crust. Yeah. So I didn't want to overdo it either, though, and it was the first time I've ever made it. So there you go. A little lesson learned there. Um, Sunday. I'm trying to think. Is that, did that cap off Saturday? It did cap off Saturday. <laughs> I know what's going on. <laughs> um, Sunday. Uh, mostly hung around with the dude. It was kind of a boys' day. Uh, Jen was out and about for doing doing stuff. Um, 
So on Sunday, I took the dude to uh, Morpat with uh, to meet to meet my dad. So yep. it was three generations of of Celestinos at the bar. <laughs> <laughs> Grant was one of three babies at the bar. Morpat's a very friendly place. I I imagine so. So he was very popular though. He got he got a lot of attention. So that was kind of cool. Um, after that, we had dinner at uh, Jen's grandmother's, and then I kind of came home and we we basically zonked out after that i think i don't recall much else happening on sunday evening yeah that's that's really about it um i live a very sad existence i did get to do a little bit of album work on sunday for about an hour hour and a half i did a little facebook live stream on the long cold darks page um i'm trying hard to finish the last song on the record in terms of writing it and then um i'm going to start tracking instruments proper so uh, I'm trying to do that in between Grant sleeping sessions, basically. So when he's down for a nap, I can hopefully get down here and do a little work. Yeah. It's tricky. It's a little tricky. He, uh, he didn't give me as long as I hoped on Sunday. So As they get older, yeah. naps become more infrequent, but yes. longer. That's good. And But also, as they get older, he can occupy himself a little bit more. Yeah, you're... You're at least a year off from that, buddy. Okay, well, that's that's all right. If I can get him, in, even if I can get him down here, like in a enclosed area, like and a pen of some kind, <laughs> where he can play, some sort of raptor pen. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like Chris Pratt in the in Jurassic World. <laughs> like, Easy now. Uh anyway, he's lethal at six months, and I do mean lethal. Yeah, cheetah speed. He so, got out in the open. <laughs> He's not that fast yet. We're close to a crawl, but we're not in a crawl yet. He can't even crawl yet, but he's a, he's a champion roller. So we have that going on. Um, yeah, anyway, that's that's about that's about it. So that brings us, that that brings the week to a close, does it? Yes, it does. Hi, how was your week? Cool. Uh, <laughs> week was good. Uh, a lot of fun little things this week. The The biggest event of the week, though, I have to concede to my lovely wife, Julie, who did the seemingly impossible Drew. She won a game of Tetris 99. Ah. First place. Do you get anything special for that? I don't think so. Yeah, that's, that's really underwhelming. <laughs> the, you know what? There are some achievements in life that the achievement in and of itself is the reward. That's true. I, um, I would like a phone call from Reggie at the very least. Yeah, I think. I'd like I said to my friend Adam, anytime I, I get higher than 20, I feel I have found favor with the Lord. You, you'll, I, you'll never believe the high I felt when I got two. <laughs> yeah, I've gotten two. Um, like the other night, I was in top five fairly consistently because we didn't know you could bank a piece. Yeah. Oh, come on. Really? We didn't know that. Oh, man. That's that's. And then that's I realized that I was like, oh. This changes stuff. Yes, yes. The the banked piece is, it's borderline cheating in a way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is just a little bit, a little bit. Um, in other video game news this week, the the long-awaited uh, Toe Jam and Earl oh. game came out for both Switch, PlayStation, well, not both, but Switch, PlayStation, I believe it's out for Xbox. Oh, Drew, this game. Yeah. The original Toe Jam and Earl in Sega Genesis was like, you know, when you come across someone who played Toe Jam and Earl, because they have the 
the they don't right they don't stop talking about it <laughs> like for you toe jam and earl <laughs> oh dude this game like it was just it was fantastic and they got the team who worked on the original two games to do this one and it's it hits all the right beats pun intended because like it's got a very hip-hop soundtrack um yeah it's just it's awesome i cool. would highly recommend it okay uh, what else? What else? What else? Uh, Friday. Uh, yeah, we did game day Friday. Saturday was duty dice day. As uh, one of the better duty dice days we've had in a long time. We got a lot of games in. We got like we. My friend Brian came over and he and I started out playing some Onitama. Okay. And that was fun. And then we switched over to the uh, choose your own adventure game. In which we made a couple bad choices and died multiple times. So you might say you chose poorly. We did, twice. Okay. One time, I was against my direct advisement. Because we're in a, we're in a spooky area, a spooky courtyard of this big house. And all of a sudden, there's a monkey playing a violin. And you have a choice to either carry on to your main goal which is to get inside the house or go into like the atrium where the monkey is playing the violin to hear the monkey play the violin more everybody's like well we got to go in and listen to the monkey i'm like we're gonna die Hmm. if we go in and listen to the monkey and sure enough as soon as we walk in the atrium we look around and see who the monkey's audience is it's a pack of savage doberman pinchers then the monkey proceeds to sick them on us. And guess what, Drew? We died. That that, that sounds terrible. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, there was that. We played, Alan came over, we played Lords of Waterdeep again, we played a new game that um, I've never played before called Wingspan. Okay. Which is kind of worker placement resource management with birds. Sure. Um, Hence the name. Yeah, I found it like very relaxing and enjoyable. Uh, It has the calming effect that I believe the Bob Ross games aspires to, but this game does it better. Okay. Um, What else did we play? We played a bunch. It was a really good time. Oh, Alan and I played uh, Legendary. It was the last game of the night. I hear. We decided to go against Magneto. Yeah. And we thumped him. I say we... Alan did the heavy lifting. Boy, I, I was good support backup. I had I had a couple key blocks and some some key assists, but Alan hit the mastermind every time. Now, defeating Magneto doesn't seem like any small challenge. So, does this mean that you're ready to now take on? Oh, I don't know, a a, a, a more powerful villain, maybe a Thanos or a Galactus. Possibly because our team was very strong. We just rolled with the X-Men. Okay. We had Cyclops, Wolverine, Storm, Jean Grey, and Colossus. Word. And they were really, really good. Now, did you learn? So you played strictly X-Men? Yes. Hmm. Okay. So Avengers-wise, we don't necessarily know how they're going to fare you didn't necessarily learn about the X or anyone besides the X-Men. So. We learned that the X-Men were good. Okay. All of them or just, you now you know which ones are good? Pretty much all of them. Okay. Yeah. All right. 
Um, Does that include Wolverine? Yes. Okay. Yes. Wolverine has some great chain potential as to where if you draw the right cards you have with them, he can he can go in that Berserker Rage and do some damage. All right. Um, so, yeah, that was a good time. I think that was pretty much it. You know, more fun driving around in the car. Yeah, yeah, yeah you in the car. I uh, love that car. All right. Dear listeners, that was our week. As always, if you'd like to tell us about your weeks, if you'd like to send us any questions or comments to be read on the show, you can find us out in the social media galaxy at the following locations. You can go to Twitter and follow us at Devil's Due Pod. You can toss our page a like on Facebook at facebook.com slash Devil's Due Pod. You can email us at the Devil's Due Pod at gmail.com, or you can find all these resources available to you on our website, the Devil's Due And Drew, that being said, we do have some emails. Finally. First email comes from uh, Adam. Long-time listener of the show. He sends in, uh, Drew and Carl, the addition of the Switch to our household has been glorious. It, it does that. So grateful to borrow the games, Carl, especially Mario Odyssey. I loan him pretty much all my okay. Switch games. Uh, Molly and I have gotten over 500 moons on our quest to utter Mario completion. However, I see that the end will be coming. Any insight into a good two-player co-op game on par with Mario? Mm. Heard good things about the Toad game or Kirby? He's asking for you. Heard good things about the Toad game or Kirby? Um, Captain Toad is awesome. I love Captain Toad. Super fun game. Um, I mean, it's it's not going to be co-op game. Yeah, actually, yeah. Okay. Um, And most of the um, Nintendo proper flagship titles outside of Zelda and Metroid are mostly co-op now, with to some degree. Yeah. So even the um, the new Super Mario Brothers uh, U Wii U that one that they redid for Switch uh, that's also a four player co-op if you want to go there too. So I say go nuts with that. Um, Captain Toad's going to be a little different than. those it's more of a puzzle solver yeah but i think captain toad is super fun so i think they would enjoy it together i know they're playing through mario Odyssey in co-op mode so adam plays as mario and molly plays as cappy okay so sure interesting poor luigi poor poor luigi <laughs> this franchise was built on a brotherhood <laughs> yep well actually is that true not real well super mario brothers it was built on an ape technically I mean, if you want to get real technical, I was built on slavery. Uh, I mean... The ape enslaving uh, Penelope. Uh, Pauline. Pauline. Decaptured Pauline, and then... And then but then, then the tables Mario turned. Mario turned heel for a hot second there. Yeah. Yeah. See, you know, we forget about that chapter in history, but it happened. Yeah. Mario's got a dark past. <laughs> dark past. <laughs> Uh, now, from the digital to the analog, what board game have you played a while ago that you are itching to play again? Mm. Thanks for the good content, fellas. Keep up the good work. I know your answer. Do you? Yes. Go on. Do you know your I, answer? I don't know, but what do you think my answer is? I'm thinking your answer is Seven Wonders. Oh, you'd be correct then. Yeah, Seven Wonders. Yes. And then, you know, every once in a while, I do get that itch to play Legendary. But, yes. you know. I, that, that aside, you know, whatever's whatever's cool. Bring it to the table. I'm I'm good. My answer is always kind of default for this one, which is City of Iron, because mm-hmm. I love that game. I've never like p- 
played it enough to get a solid strategy down. Because every decision in that game is crucial. I'm willing to bet if I really thought about it, I could think of more that we've done maybe once or twice and then never played again. Yeah. That if we brought them out again, like, oh, yeah, this is a good game. We should play this more. And then we won't. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Adam, thank you very much for the email. Now on to the returning hmm, natural disasters. Oh, are you calling the them fat? Game. No. Oh, okay. Calling them, calling them big and strong. Uh, right. I mean, I felt, I felt today a wrestling reference would be in in, in order. R-A-B. Sure. King King Bundy. King Kong Bundy. Yeah. Did uh, you notice in the picture I sent you of WWE's official Twitter post? They call him King King Bundy. I mean, no one's proofreading this stuff anyway. <laughs> um, Another 80s wrestling icon gone before the age of 65. Drew. Oh, dude. He's lucky he made it that long. Face. He's lucky he made it that long. Are you kidding me? Um, to be fair, the man was very large. He was very large. Was he as large in recent years? Yes, I think so. Wow. Uh, I wonder if they're going to give him a tribute. He was kind of on the outs with the company. I I. I bet they don't, but we'll see. We shall see. Master of the five count. Master of the five count, and probably, I'm just guessing, but maybe, probably, the model for King Hippo in, in Punch-Out? No, or at least, or at least the yeah, inspiration, maybe. All right. Carl and Drew. This is from Alan. Okay. Right. Carl and Drew, will you consider doing a podcast on Doom Patrol or Young Justice when you guys wrap up Daredevil? Mm, I keep hearing things about Doom Patrol, and I keep wanting to watch it. <laughs> I don't have DC Universe, though, so yeah. I, I don't see it happening. I would like to see the show, though, because I keep, again, hearing things about it that are positive, and I'm a fan of the comic, and I would be very curious to see how they translate such weirdness into live action. But we'll... We'll put a big we'll see on that. I don't know if we would do a dedicated show about it, but we yeah. could do like a review of some kind of the season if we ever get a chance to watch it. I would totally be down for doing an episode discussion on Young Justice, um, but you'll never watch it. That's correct. So, yeah. All right. Carl, now that we finally won in Legendary, do you think we are ready to take on Loki, Red Skull, or Kingpin? Stay on my thunder, Alan. I feel like they are stepping stones to heavy hitters like Mr. Sinister, Apocalypse, Phoenix, and Galactus. Um, yeah, you know what? I'm willing to take the X-Men up against other opponents and see kind of how that, that works because they, they brought the thunder. Would you say that they're more powerful than like the other heroes in the game? As a whole, they it is the best team that we fielded since we started playing Legendary. Interesting. Okay. As a whole. Yeah. I'm yeah, not yeah, sure, yeah. like... How would they pair with... Cyclops actually has a couple cars that combo really good with himself. <laughs> okay. Um, Typical selfish Cyclops. Yeah. Um, but, like, Gene and... Gene especially needs to be in... Uh, x-men for her stuff to work okay um but yeah i'd be willing to uh maybe loki might be a good next step i think i think x-men would take care of red skull or kingpin pretty easily all right drew with the second anniversary of the release of nintendo switch Mm -hmm. 
What are your favorite games for the Switch, and what would you like to see in the future for the Switch, and how it will change gaming? Um, Favorite games? I mean, the obvious ones are going to be the obvious ones. So Breath of the Wild is not just a great Switch game. It's a great video game of all time at this point. I think I'm pretty, pretty comfortable saying that. Um, like, I mean, I... I there's there's very few bad games available for the Switch. Odyssey's great. Um, I'm really enjoying Hollow Knight. I have 54 hours into it. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I I would recommend that to almost anybody. Um, it's 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 great. And how how does it change gaming? Uh, I think to be honest with you, people really take to the concept of just pick up and go, or don't, or yeah. you know whatever you want to do. There it is. Uh, will Sony or Microsoft follow suit with something similar on their next console? I wouldn't say. I, I would be very possible. surprised if Sony doesn't do something very similar. Sony has been known to uh, swipe a Nintendo idea or two in their day, so it's it's possible. Um, how would they do it? Better question is how would they screw it up somehow? Um, as they are known to do with the portable realm and uh and and other things like the you know classic console but anyway be, uh i don't i don't know interesting to see really to examine the psp as a whole and see kind of like because people that have it love it but it tanked like like you look at the system on paper and you're like that's a solid system right yeah, there yeah where did it go like, wrong I think it just never had that system selling game. No, it didn't have the library. Sony never got behind it in a big way to like make it a like to yeah. treat it like a thing. And I guess I I don't know this. I didn't have it, but I from what I read about its history, I guess on the original one they basically kneecapped it by uh, making it require basically proprietary memory cards from Sony that were prohibitively expensive. Yeah. And ba- people were basically like, no, we're not that doing was, that. That was in the PS3 era, where yeah. early on, where Sony was making all the mistakes. But then you have the Vita, which was like after that, where they yeah. might have learned, and that didn't do well you either. still didn't have that system-selling game. Like yeah. a, uh, a game that you're willing to buy a system for covers a multitude of sins of the system itself. Now, you see, this is kind of where Nintendo... I mean, if you notice in that last Direct... It's pretty clear to me they're they're they are not splitting the business down the middle anymore. Yeah, the no, switch is it. Yeah, I told um, you that was going to happen. Oh yeah, it makes sense. I mean, it's it's a little scary that that's happening, but um, that but see, even when they didn't do that, they would still push killer apps for all their platforms. Yeah, Sony doesn't seem to do that now. If they if they're going to go into a switch model, then they don't have to do that. They can just continue as business as usual and oh by the way they're portable yeah but will they do that i don't know i think they still might be a little scared by that because another reason why they might be scared by that is sony is very uh they like to push the limits with hardware yeah and the switch obviously does not and the, the portable nature of it makes it possible i mean the portable nature of the switch means it's never going to be a hardware behemoth yeah but it doesn't have to be right but if Sony were to get involved, I'm sure they would want it to be insanely overpowered, which would hamper its ability to be portable. It would cripple its battery life, 
And to some degree, I'm sure they would find a way to derp it up with something proprietary or some hin- some hindering feature that would make the whole thing null and void. Just my guess. But will they try something? Yeah, maybe. Maybe. I remember uh, when the Wii U was a thing, uh, Microsoft was touting Smart Glass for a minute there. Like, <laughs> you could tether your phone to your Xbox and do stuff and the games and the phone. And it's like, yeah, no. Yeah, no. <laughs> This isn't what we're... What are we no. doing? No. Microsoft put all their chips in the Kinect. They did. And they they bet on black, and the ball landed on red. Yeah. Yeah. Wesley Snipes isn't always correct. Yeah. <laughs> Especially when taxes are involved. True. <laughs> anyway, that's a long-winded answer. All right, Alan, thank you very much for your questions. Now on to Mr. J. Gelsomino. He's back in J form. Drew and Carl. What is your favorite movie soundtrack? Original score or like, you know. I was thinking about this because I saw the questions earlier and I have one for each. Okay. Like original score and traditional like album style. Well, hmm. It's it's almost, you know, cliche. I think our traditional album style might be the same. Probably. Now, if this were early 2000s, Drew, you were talking to, uh, <laughs> I might actually say the Queen of the Damned soundtrack would, would be that would be one of them. Kay. But I've kind of looked look at that with some hindsight recently, and yep. no, I'm not there anymore. Uh, no, I'm not there anymore. Yeah. So I have to fall back onto Old Reliables, and Old yep. Reliable is the Crow yeah, soundtrack. It's the Crow. It's yeah. really, it's. I mean, it really is great. It, yeah. It's a great selection of tunes. Even the mediocre songs are still really good. Yeah. Like, yeah. Does uh, it have the best Rollins Band song? No. no. Is it still good? Yes. yes. <laughs> do, do these other bands that I've never listened to anything outside of the soundtrack, you know, are these other songs in the soundtrack good? Yes. Yeah. So, very... Very close second for me. Three pop immediately to mine. All worthy of honorable mention. Okay. Pulp Fiction. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. Tarantino. Uh, Romeo and Juliet. Oh, God. I have no memory of that. And um, Swingers. What was on the Romeo and Juliet soundtrack? Because now that you say it, some what what was on that soundtrack? Most stuff you wouldn't like. Okay. I'll just put it out there. That's fine, but Most refresh stuff. me. Um, God, I can't even, like... I don't remember. Okay. I just remember it being great. I know that's not the most <laughs> ringing endorsement. It's got a lot of those. If you heard it, like, yeah, that song was great. Um, they don't, movies don't do this anymore. They don't. That's interesting. I can't think. You know what? I, uh, yes and no, because the Guardians of the Galaxy soundtracks were yeah, fire. That's true. You're, you're right. That's yeah. true. But I mean, oh, like contemporary stuff. I, do do yeah, movies yeah. do that now? I don't not think. as much. Okay. Not as much. There's not... So. There's not the movie that you're going to see because the soundtrack is getting all the hype. Like, you know, well, I feel like the, the, me- the two biggest example of this are Dirty Dancing and, like, The Bodyguard. Oh, Granted, not in our desired wheelhouse of right. music, but right. two prime examples of that. But, like, in the 90s, it was, like, absolutely a thing. Yeah. The film set, like, the cross-promotion was real. Yeah. And now, probably not as much. Just as anymore. So, your best orchestral soundtrack. I mean, this is this is very subjective. So we gotta we gotta something Trent Reznor did. No, no, actually. Although um, 
I will say if you if you like uh, Nine Inch Nails at all, especially the Ghost record, I mean, um, the Social Network score is pretty much what you're looking for. It's 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 great. And of all the film scores that I have checked out of of Reznor and Atticus Ross, um, that one is definitely the best one they've done. Yeah, they're all good. They all have a very similar feel and sound, but that one is like really good and memorable. Um, but no, that wouldn't be it. I would say um, it would have to be. <sighs> I got like a one A and a one B, so I'm just gonna throw okay, it out there. One uh, A is gonna be the RoboCop soundtrack. It's quality it's a good, soundtrack. It's a good score, good theme, good good memorable stuff. Yep, yep, yep. Even the you know the emotional beats of the flashback music mm-hmm. and all that. So it's all good stuff. Um, and then one B, dude, the original Batman '89 score by Danny Elfman is yeah. kind of boss. It's really awesome. The Prince stuff, not so much, but the but the Elfman stuff is is yeah. killer. Yeah, my um, yeah, that was a really good one. The Batman Returns one was really good too. Kind of got to stretch his legs a little more in that one. It's it's well, no he didn't, it's, have, to, he didn't have to accommodate for Prince this time. It's noticeably <laughs> more. Elfmanish. Um, it's a good word, but still good. You know what's weird about Danny Elfman? In the eighties, you could you could have picked out an Elfman score like like that. Yeah. Even in the nineties, well, in the early mid nineties, yeah. But I feel like he's done. He's obviously done a lot of work since then. Yeah, he's and, stretched, but, and I don't know that it's, it's. I think he's gotten a little less defined. It's he. I think the thing that kind of defined him and the way everyone knows him is the voice that he found in his music for Tim Burton movies. Yeah. That's kind of like the default everyone switches to, but you know, not every director is going to want exactly. that. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But when I think him, I think Batman, I think Beetlejuice. Um, did he score Pee-wee's big adventure? He probably did. Yeah. Thanks. So. Think he's pretty sure he did. Um, my best orchestral soundtrack. This may surprise you for as much of a star Wars fan as I am. Ah, um, I Star Wars. How did I not think of Star Wars? Uh, Superman. Oh, I mean, the the original Superman sense. score to me is still John Williams's best work. I mean, there 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 are beats in that that will sti- still give me a little misty eyed when I think about the scene that's associated with. Um, just God, fantastic. But yeah, and the um, the Lord of the Rings, Howard Shore, pretty. Pretty awesome scores. I got nothing there, but I'll trust you. I know. I know. All right. Drew, uh, what are your thoughts on the trailers for Doom Patrol? And what Brendan Fraser characters would you like to see appear in the Doom Patrol TC-verse? Not (laughs) Brendan Fraser himself, but (laughs) Brendan Fraser characters. I mean, it is Grant Morrison inspired, so like, you know, the meta narrative is off the charts. So why not just, you know, incorporate everything he's ever done? Um Let's let's uh, let's go with Brendan Fraser. I want uh, school ties Brendan Fraser to be an antagonist <laughs> or maybe a protagonist of of Doom Patrol, and um, I think Encino Man fits right in there. He could be a valuable, valuable member of the team. Um, Mummy Mummy Fraser, I could take or leave. Mummy Fraser was great. It's fine, but he's kind of like in hero mode, and it's just not as fun. Yeah. It's not as fun. Oh, he was great in that. It's a good fun ride. What else has he done? Monkey Bone? 
Yeah, we won't talk about Monkey Bone. Okay. What was the one with Elizabeth Hurley? Uh, Bedazzled. That was a remake. Okay. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't know much about that. Yeah. So. What else All did right. he do? Blast from the past. Whereas yeah, I can't make yeah. an argument for it being a good movie. It's a movie I've always enjoyed. Um, if we can get the Lone Rangers to do the soundtrack to Doom Patrol, that would be ideal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm down with that. Definitely I'm down with that. I'm just down with the Lone Rangers reunion tour. <laughs> Let's go. Give it to us. Let's do it. All right. Carl, can you please share your issues you have with the major motion picture franchise, The Karate Kid? Oh, I have issues with this franchise. You shouldn't. My issues are valid and factual because, you know, when you when you take off the rose-colored glasses of youth... I can... When you, I do, can, when you take yeah, away... Go on, go on. I know your when beef. You, when you take away the... The you know the fun nostalgic of it, they're, they're just not good movies. They're great movies. Well, two of them are. You're gonna tell me. Here we go, folks. I know you've heard this before, but you know what? You're gonna hear it again. You're gonna tell me that this kid who has a base level at best knowledge of martial arts, who studies with granted a master for a maximum maximum amount of time of maybe three to four months is going to enter in a full contact martial arts tournament and not only make it past the first round but make it all the way to the championship round and win against opponents who have been studying martial arts for years and part two is even bigger a front to the martial arts because he goes to Okinawa. Does where they freaking invented karate? Yeah, I mean, don't history fact check me on that, but I think I'm in <laughs> right in the general in the, area in, in the movie continuity. Yes, that's correct. And he's going to win. Yeah, a life or death fight, real world fight. This no tournament. This for real. That's right. By throwing wild haymakers against an opponent who was so karate, he probably literally karate kicked his way out of the womb. No! This is... No! No. You're, see, here's the thing. There is no thing. There, there thing. is no thing. Sure there is. In the first movie, okay, you might have a point. However... Oh, I do have a point. Do keep in mind... He was well-trained. He was coached up for the day. Even the New England Patriots can get coached up. You can get coached up. You can be a mediocre talent that never got drafted, and somehow you could be Tom Brady. You could be a sixth-round nobody, and you could wind up on Bill Belichick's team and turn into the arguable GOAT. It happens. Miyagi is is the Belichick of the situation. He, He molded that kid into something. And probably using the whole healing technique had Daniel all duped up and and, and, and and high as a kite in that fight with Johnny. It's the only explanation. And it was an illegal kick. So, I mean, you know, he didn't really win. He did, but, you know, we can all poke holes in that. So, there's some benefit of the doubt there. Second movie, 
all right, well, you know, you're missing the message of the movie, but the karate's not in the physical form. It's all mental, which he points out in the ice-breaking scene where he breaks all the ice because he said it's not, it's not in, he points at his arm, it's not here, it's in here. He points at his head because it's, it's all mental. It's a mental game. And in the final fight, the dude that he was fighting was wildly unhinged and Daniel capitalized on, on his emotional state. No. Sato learned the lesson to not let his anger and emotions get the better of him, and Sato turns babyface again, whereas his nephew did not, and that's why he lost. No, that's just, I'm, I'm just, just laying no. it out for you. No, okay, everything you've said is wrong. Nope, I'm dead on, I and you know you it. No points. That's fine. I don't we need are your all points. Dumber for listening no, to you. You are. Thank God I just, have mercy I just on your smartened soul. you all up. Don't happy Gilmore me or wait, wait no, that was. Billy, Billy Madison. Madison. It's the same yeah. thing. One plays golf. Just, <laughs> no. no. <sighs> All right. You're welcome. Uh, Jay actually sent in an addendum to his question for you. Not so much an addendum as like a totally new question. Yeah. Drew, yeah. Yeah. What is your top five lists of top five lists <sighs> of the worst Punisher incarnations? Uh, spoiler. He told me he was doing this. I'm like, Jay, you're trying too hard. They're all the same. You just need to ask him his top five worst Punisher incarnations. Uh, n- number one, Frankencastle. Number two, Angelic Avenger, <laughs> uh, Frank Castle. Uh, number three, four, and five, just repeat number one and two ad nauseum. And then repeat that list five times. No, uh, no Cap Castle in there? That, that that was such a brief thing that I don't even. Cons- I think that was Reminder again. It was Reminder. Now that I think about it, <laughs> yeah. Let's put anything Rick Reminder ever did with the Punisher on that list. What about a uh, War Machine Castle? I didn't read it. I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that. I'm. It, it's. Fine. I saw that. I was like, okay. It makes you do it, this for a maximum of six issues. Yeah. No more. Yeah. This will probably be something really fun. Yeah. That's about what it went. And that's what they did. Okay, that's fine. But then someone would be like, well, Frankencastle only went for six issues. What's wrong with that? And there I would say, because you don't mix the Punisher with the supernatural and the zombies and the Frankensteins and whatnot. He's a guy with guns. Yeah. He shoots people. Not spirits. Let's let's just work with that. (laughs) Oh, you're missing. You're forgetting the most recent affront to anything good being remotely related to comics uh cosmic ghost rider frank do we castle. count that do, are we gonna count that it's supposed to be I guess frank we, castle i guess we have to okay put that in the put that in the five there put that put that in there yeah all right i know remender didn't write it but it's, it's, it feels like something he would do yeah. so just i'm just gonna blame yeah. him he's got deadly class money now i don't care <laughs> come at come at me remender all right all right folks Thanks, as always, for the emails. We Quite appreciate it. Oh, God. Sorry. Can you tell I don't like that guy? Uh, a little bit, a little bit. Yet you gave him so much money. With the cap run? You bought his entire cap run. I thought it was going to turn. Never turned. Just stayed bad. You know what? The I thought it was going to turn excuse works for like three issues. Five tops. After five issues, everything beyond that, that's on you. Hey, look. I did what I had to do. You understand? You under- no, you, you didn't have to do you it. Understand, you understand? Just stop. Do you understand the collection appeal of of comics? You understand? Mm, I don't have that mentality anymore. If something's anymore. going south, I drop it. That's smart. That is very smart of you. 
It's Cap. It was coming off. It was the it was the follow up to the to the uh, the the Brubaker run. I yeah. couldn't. I, I didn't have it in me to drop Cap. I felt bad. Cap mm-hmm. would guilt me. Cap wouldn't quit. Yeah. I can't quit Cap. <laughs> Why can't I quit you, Cap? What would Cap think? All right, let's dig into some case files. We do have some right. news this week. We got a bunch of trailers. Um, we also oh, yeah. have something uh, a little bit from the uh, the DC dumpster fire. It's not burning as wildly out of control as no, it they used might, to be. They, they might have they got a handle on it. It's, it's now more of a smoldering tourist attraction like Springfield Tire <laughs> Fire. It's endearing in a way. It's endearing. Um, it was announced earlier this week Will Smith has exited Suicide Squad 2. Um, I, I, I'm shocked. Yeah, I nothing it. nothing big here. It's scheduling conflicts and whatnot, and we all know how DC is about getting uh, any movies up and running post-Justice League. Well, I mean, in fairness, it's, and I'm air-quoting, scheduling conflicts, probably. Would you want to be, would you want to go back to that well after it got lambasted the way if, it did? If James Gunn is doing it? He doesn't necessarily know that, though. Like he doesn't. I mean, he probably knows the Guardians' money, but he doesn't necessarily. He already had his foot in the water. I, I don't know if he wants to. Even even if the water is a little warmer, I don't know if he wants to go in the pool. No, I get what you're saying. Yeah. So, I saw some random news story that like Don Cheadle was in the running for that Deadshot role. I'm like, yeah, no. Uh, I, no. I'm pretty sure we got him locked up over yeah. at, at Disney. Don't get me wrong. I'd love me some Don Cheadle Deadshot. I'll tell you, more Don Cheadle the merrier. I mean, I'm not saying no, but keep in mind, the man is War Machine. Yeah, he's, he's he, War Machine. He, he's not yep. going over there. Um, it was also, it was reported, it was something we didn't really touch on last week. Um, a new story came out, and nothing has been officially confirmed in this story yet. Okay. And typically we don't, do stories like this, but this one, I don't know, something different seems about this one. Mm. There was a, I don't know if it was like a retailer's convention or something, but it came out that Dan DiDio, editor-in-chief of DC, I think he's the editor-in-chief. He is. Editor-in-chief of DC. Everyone hates him, but he still has the job. Announced, I don't hate him, announced that, I've got no reason to hate the man. All Um, the problems you have with DC Comics Stem back to him. I don't have a ton of problems with DC Comics right now. Okay. They're longtime fans do, and they all point back to him. Um, it was reported that he said that DC is cutting their titles significantly. I believe the number thrown around was they will have 22 titles, which currently they're still around that. 40 to 50 mark, probably. Yeah, 40 to 50 mark. So that would be a significant cutback. That would be a significant cutback. And I got to say, Drew, it would not be the worst thing for them. That's a, that, well, that's a major cutback. That is a major cutback. I but, mean, I, 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 maybe you could, you, could, you could lob off 5 to 10. I don't know that you got to cut your line in half. Uh, th- that's a bit extreme. Well, in any, in any case, that's not what's happening. They are bailing out of the uh, Walmart initiative what they were, that they were doing, and they're doing some other cutbacks, but this isn't really happening. But it does feel like there's a the, the old where there's smoke, there's fire kind of thing, because yeah. not long after that, rumors went ablaze about Marvel not just cutting back, but uh, 
I'm not even kidding. Marvel was rumored to be jumping ship wholesale. Disney was going to axe Marvel Comics. Yeah. Period. That, I saw that story. I was like, no, that's just not. But Joe Quesada was very quick to uh, go. No, that's not yeah. happening. Because I mean, even though the sales numbers are down across the board in comics, oh, are they ever? It's still a billion dollar a year industry. Not I mean, you're not. No, it's legitimately still a billion dollar a year industry, and it's not I the figure mean, I'm seeing not getting tossed around, dude. Cut. So I'm seeing 350 cold. million. That's that's the that's the number I keep seeing on, on the internet. I think we want um, it to be. I don't know that it is. But yeah, no, I think for both Marvel and DC, um, a culling of the herd would definitely be beneficial. Less is more. Well, like even I'm with you, two minds on this. Even when you think of the like the big '90s collectors boom, they still weren't pumping out as many titles, individual titles, as they are now. No, um, but they were dealing with a, a, a inflated I mean, print boom to, runs. Were right. The were print runs up. were huge. They had more people buying the books, and really, that's what it comes back to. They don't have enough people buying comics. So what they are doing to make up for that is they are playing games with comics, which means they're selling the variant cover thing is a plague. Um, what they're doing is on paper, you would say it makes a lot of sense, but it's going to have diminishing returns, which you're seeing. They are, instead of trying to reach new fans, new readers, new eyes, they are instead extracting every last dollar they can from the diminishing number of readers they have. And that strategy might get... It'll keep you afloat for a little while, but that's not going to last if you're not getting new blood into comics. And this is where no one's going to have the answer to this, and even I don't have the answer to this. How do you do that in an era when kids do not care about comics or reading or books? When they are fit, their faces are stuck in their phones, they're watching YouTube, and they're playing Fortnite. I don't have an answer for you there. I really don't. I wish I did. Um, I, you know, you can you can hear people over forty sitting there going, "Put spinner racks back in drugstores. That'll do it." That ain't gonna do anything. See, I disagree. It's, with it's that. not gonna do anything. It'll put it. It'll be there, and it'll collect dust because no kid is gonna drop four bucks for a comic book that's going to give him 15 minutes or less of entertainment I, you've got to do better than there's it's just it does not matter I, I think a big part of the problem is kids don't have easy access to comics right now they don't and, care but no i agree with you in that a price cut would go a long way um in a way the direct market is the begin. it was the beginning of the end it, as cool as it is as great as comic shops are i love them you love them we yeah. work but but you took a product and and took it out of the public eye to point it directly at the people that were buying it already. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm on the one hand, hey, cool, look at us in our little clubhouse. Yeah. On the other hand, you just basically shuttered any appeal to other people. <laughs> yeah. You pulled yourself and, out. Yeah. And as time went on, when they exited the the direct market or the the new casual stand. The, new consumer, the newsstand market they lost a recurring generational customer base 
in th- yes. They stopped producing new customers at a rate of which they were before. And that's why I think if you go back to that. How many kids you know hanging around newsstands now? Dude, I'm ta- it's not it's not so much like the newsstand, quote unquote, hanging around newsstand. It's things like the corner store where kids go like kids still eat sugar candies and whatnot and things like that like crazy. They're drinking their their amp and their surge and whatnot. Yeah. It's places like convenience stores, supermarkets and checkout aisles where kids are with their parents. I would need to see some figures to see how many kids are at those places anymore with money to burn. Honestly, we were part of a generation that went out on our bikes in mass as as youths and and went out into pub into public spaces with no supervision. I don't know that that happens anymore. It doesn't need to happen yeah, for comics to 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 find those readers. I'm telling you, man, you you put the comics back where people don't have to look hard to find them and readers will start to come again. It's the, it's the, I mean, that, that and a price cut fixes a multitude of problems. Doesn't fix everything. They don't want to do the price cut because as us readers have now demanded better paper quality, better coloring, and we want production value that we do pay a premium for. And what I think they should do is, and they won't do this. Go back to the old school. For the comics that you're sending to like the grocery stores and, you know, wherever. Yeah. Newspaper stock. But that's, Put it on there. That's make fine. Make them cheaper, and then but, you still have your you know three four dollar copies going to a comic. The shops. coloring process though won't the print. It's it, it's not you can't do Kids it. Kids don't care about that. It's going to look like garbage, and they will care about that. Still looked like garbage back in our day. We didn't. But we care. didn't know any better. Exactly. We had nothing to we compare it to. didn't know any better. Kids still don't know any yes, better. Yes, they do. They're going to see it on the internet and they go, how come mine looks like this and this one looks like that? I don't want this piece of crap. I want that one. Yeah, see, I think you're underestimating kids. No, I'm thinking exactly like a kid. They're going to want the shiny red ball. <laughs> I don't think so. Okay. Well, I mean, how many, how many fights did I have in high school or junior high over graphics on consoles? You want the shiny new thing. You don't want the old, old and busted. You want the new, the new hotness. Well, that just goes to your poor social interaction skills, <laughs> dude. That that was every schoolyard in America. Like someone's got something new. Guess what? The old ain't gonna cut it anymore. Oh, he's got the new Nikes. Oh, I want the new Nikes. It's it's it, they're kids, man. That's what they do. This is what they do. They're like, they don't want some busted thing. And I don't think they want print at all. I don't think they care about comics. I don't. I don't think they. They're not going to care. Oh, there's some paper. They haven't thing? had a chance to care. They have not had a chance to care because unless their parents are taking them to a comic shop, they don't have access to it. Ten to fifteen years ago, I'd, I'd agree with everything you're saying. Kids have phones now. Not all kids have phones. Most kids have phones. Or some kind of electronic device that they are glued to, I pr- like glued to. I, I, I mean, it just doesn't make any sense that they would be reading comics. You'd be surprised. Okay. So I like to believe, but I'm being pragmatic to some degree. That aside, we got uh, switching from one medium to the next. We got a bunch of trailers this week, Drew. Kids love trailers. Uh, we we got a. <laughs> 
Was, they love how, to argue about them. How, how best to describe this? We got like a, a big pot of tepid warm water of trailers. Um, starting out with, I believe this one was first, even though I just watched it right before the show started. We got a trailer for the new Hellboy movie. Yeah. Yeah. I don't have any particular allegiance to any version of Hellboy, because I've never really read the comics. So I get that like, the Ron Perlman, Guillermo del Toro Hellboys are regarded as like the gold standard, and that's all well and good. I watched this Hellboy trailer, and it doesn't look horrible to me. It looks like another Hellboy movie. It's got Ian McShane in it. I'll go see Ian McShane in anything. Yeah, I don't know. They're doing the Deadwood movie. Did you ever watch Deadwood? No. It's really good. Okay. Um, I don't know. To me, it just looks like, hey, remember Hellboy? Yeah, we're, I get that. And, and in a way, it's like, yes, and that guy's not Hellboy. <laughs> He seems like a perfectly serviceable Hellboy to me. Serviceable's a word, sure. I don't know. It just it like they when they started making it before we saw anything from it. They said that they were going to hew more horror and gorier and darker. All the buzzwords you hear yeah. about, you know, yeah. all this stuff. Then I saw the trailer and I was just kind of like, yeah, not I mean, so much. It looks like it looks like it looks like you copied Guillermo del Toro's homework. Is what it looks like. It. It looks like a film that if I went and bought a ticket to just on a whim and just sat down, just wanted to be entertained for two hours, I would get my money's worth. I guess. I don't know. It just doesn't really. It, it looks like a it looks like a cable TV version of Hellboy. It's, it's not setting the world on fire. Pun intended. Ah, uh, ha, ha, uh, ha, ha. Speaking of fire, Drew. Yeah. Well, both of these are kind of. Fire-related, are they not? Well, fire and lightning. Whoa. Uh, well, dumpster, you know. Fire. And this one... Uh, well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, but fire of a different kind. Mm. Uh, we got a X-Men... Wait, no. Not X-Men. We got a Dark Phoenix But they But the, it's the X-Men logo on the X, the, so it's the, the X-Men. The X, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, the Fox dumpster fire? <sighs> no, Ooh. because Fox is Disney now, so not yet. They're not. This is this. Yeah, is, this. no, they're no. Effective not. January first, they were. It ain't done yet. It's done. It's not done. It's done. It's not it was done, effective done. January first. It's done. It's not done. Done. Um, so yeah, and this is still a Fox movie. This is not Disney. This is Fox's last. Yeah, cast. all the stuff that so Fox, Fox made prior to the acquisition. So the Fox dumpster fire. Fox labeling. So the fire is burning. Disney Santa, Disney's got the fire trucks. They're just they're standing by. They're waiting. I mean, they've already put it out. This no, because this movie's still coming out. This is kind of the ashes. Um, but yeah, from the trailer itself, I don't care in the least. I think that's the general vibe everyone has. Like no one cares. Yeah. <laughs> like it. It. I think. Is anybody like down for this? Like, what? Who is the market for this movie? I, you know what I think it is. I think it's kind of like we know the series is canceled. So why are we gonna go watch the last season? Ah, yeah. 
So it's like Jessica Jones season three. Yeah, but I'll still watch that because, you know. You might be the only one. An established history of good, yeah. whereas X-Men doesn't quite have that. No, so. it's a real mixed bag. X-Men um, has three good movies. First one, second one, and first class. Whoa. Um, hang on. I thought are we, So we're not including Logan or whatnot? The X-Men proper okay. films. Okay. Trying to think. So we, wait, first class? Yeah, it was okay. Yeah, first class was good. It's all right. We didn't like Days of, Days of Future Past. It was. <laughs> As we shrug, we look at each other and shrug. I don't know, did we? Yeah, yeah, <coughs> yeah. I guess so. Um, yeah, who Days of Future Past could have been great. Bringing the 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 old and the new together in one yeah. film could have been great, but you know what? They didn't make Days of Future Past. You know what they made? Uh, Wolverine and a couple X Men versus Magneto again. I've seen that movie a few times. Yes, uh, and Kevin Bacon. <laughs> oh no, wait, that no, was, no, that that was, was first, first class. class. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. That's why it was good. You know why? It was not Wolverine and a couple yeah. X Men versus Magneto. It was different stuff. Um, man, this Dark Phoenix movie looks it. it like part of me is kind of like, oh, they're doing the the, the Grant Morrison Frank Quietly new X Men costumes. It That's, just looks, but but who cares? Slam! It really does. Like number one, you 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 borderline tanked the franchise. I know it made money, but everyone concedes that it's the worst with with X Men three, right? We yeah. we all were, like yeah. I know it made a lot of money because yep. it was coming off a of two and a two was hot. But everyone saw three and immediately went, that was god-awful. Yeah. Okay, great. We've established that. Now, then I know... you managed to bring it back. You brought it back. With first class. Right. So what do you do? You get the guy who wrote X-Men 3 to not only write Dark Phoenix, but also direct it. And what does he do? He does a do-over on the crap he did in 3. Is Dark Phoenix directed by Mick G? No, it's directed by Simon Kinberg. He didn't direct X-Men I didn't say 3. direct. I said wrote. Oh. Simon Kinberg wrote that script. <sighs> so what, what? he gets to do it again? Oh, boy. And then I saw the, the outfit that Gene was wearing, the Phoenix, air quotes, outfit. It's like, yeah. you, you raided Famke Jansen's closet. What are you doing here? We saw this movie. It sucked before. Yeah. And then we got this whole Jennifer Lawrence situation. Look. She clearly just wants out. Right. I, I don't need the whole... Like, Mystique she, being a she focal pulled, point of these movies, is, I don't need that to begin with. She, pulled she a, clearly yeah. does not care. She pulled a Harrison Ford in this movie. Oh, God. She was like, I'll come back, but you gotta kill me. Yeah. It, it's It's obvious it's like a i've seen cosplayers with better makeup jobs yeah and they're not even in the movie yeah she's in a movie looking like that it's it's, it's it looks so yeah, lazy it's i mean yeah paint me blue whatever Let's i get, out get it because like she got really big after first class yeah she's done good work outside of x-men it's just this obligation she has to do it's just like help. and then they just steer the franchise hard into that character because she's marketable so yeah. they want to keep you know what i mean but it's just like uh no yeah I, I feel you but she clearly does not want to be there like the lazy yeah. it's it's no pun intended, but fully intended. It's written all over her face how little she wants to be there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, and then once again, it's just Magneto doing stuff with with the Phoenix. Yeah, the, the and I'm again air quoting the Phoenix is in it. What are we doing? I'm not going to see it. I doubt anyone else is either. I did. Did I see what was the last one? Was Apocalypse? Apocalypse. Last one? Yeah, with yeah, Ivanu's Apocalypse. That one theaters. I was, that hurt. Yeah. That hurt for two reasons. One, Apocalypse is like my favorite X Men villain, and two, it's it was Oscar Isaac's playing him. Poe Dameron. Yeah, my favorite new Star Wars character, and, and playing my favorite X Men villain. That was just bad. But that's okay because the end of the movie turned out to be X Men versus Magneto after all. So you know, of course, because of course, because reasons. That's all we have. It's the well we have to keep going back to. Yeah. yeah. Oh man. Yeah. Yeah. It's a shame. Well, don't worry. They're gonna. This is. They're gonna get it out of their system, and then it's gonna be over forever. You know how I know that? Because the deal's gonna go through. And oh, by the way, you know another sign that that's all gonna happen. You know that new. Remember, remember the new mutants trailer. Remember that. Remember they made the New Mutants yep. movie? Yep. Well, no they, reshoots on that. They were bad going boy. back for reshoots. Well, they were supposed to. Yeah. And they have not been scheduled and they have not occurred. Yeah, In other yeah. words, yeah, it's not going to happen. Direct to Hulu. With, if anything. If anything. God, how would you like to have been one of those actors? Like, I'm going to be in this new X Men thing, man. No, you're not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> one of them, one of it's a funny thing because, like, the, the girl playing Gene is in Game of Thrones. Yeah. And one of the girls who was supposed to be in New Mutants also is from Game of Thrones. And now that doesn't come out, I just think of that episode of The Simpsons where Homer's trying to get injured so he can go on workman's comp. And then the massive like wheelbarrow with bricks and cement fall down. I was like, hmm, maybe better that didn't hit me. <laughs> maybe better this movie doesn't see the light of day. Uh, yeah, I'm. I think we're all ready. Yeah, we're all I ready for the MCU to just kind of step in here and and you, you put you put the X Men on the shelf for a couple of years. You do the Fantastic Four, fix them first, and then you go and fix the X Men. Yeah, I know Kevin Feige. They're your first love, and you really want to get your hands the on them. Yeah, that's how he started out was as uh, with the original X Men X Men well, movie. Um, but yeah, just. Just give us Galactus, give us Silver Surfer, give us proper that, you know, I will be like I've said before, I will be equally surprised, not surprised if the stinger for Avengers Endgame is Galactus. Um, Wow. Going straight to Galactus. Yep. Because like that's you've got to build to this new thread. It's going to be one, two things. It's going to be Galactus or Secret Invasion. I say go big, go Galactus. Yeah, because, like, what do you... They Actually, they may want to go a little smaller because you don't want to get trapped with, like, okay, you just did Thanos in the Infinity now you're Gauntlet. Doing, now you're going Galactus. Like, you can't try to top that right away. Yeah, maybe. Go yeah. small for a phase or two. Sure. Then, yeah. So, but, again, either way, I won't be surprised. Okay. All right. That's um, cool. And then Drew, surprisingly enough, the best trailer of all the trailers we got wasn't the new trailer for Shazam. It's it was it's it's neat. Everything I see out of this, I'm like, okay, I'm I'm in line for this movie. I will go see this movie because a I love this character. Um, the only thing that I'm not crazy about in the film that we've seen so far is how they're depicting uh, Savannah. 
Yeah, he clearly has powers now. <laughs> yeah, he's big, strong, tough guy, and they're using the actor who I wanted them to cast as Lex Luthor. But, Mark Strong? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But they're making him Savani, so he's not a feeble, mad scientist type, which is genius when you're putting him up against, you know, Shazam. Um, yeah, it looks it looks fun. It looks good. It looks, you know... It could be. could be yeah. fun. I'm they, hoping... It looks like uh, the, the dumpster fire has been contained, and they're they're you know putting it. They're, they're it's been quarantined. Yeah the the Shazam comic I believe will be on issue four this week. Is so far as solid. I'm okay. enjoying it. Um. So yeah, good times. That's the news. Unless you can think of anything else. No, no, not really. Alrighty, I'm good. That being said, your time to. Mm. Russell some papers. All right, folks. Two weeks in a row talking about Daredevil. Wow. <laughs> Enjoy it while it lasts, man. Yeah. It's not going to last much I longer. Think, <laughs> I think we're just kind of trying to stretch answer. it out to like eh, I'm, prolong I'm, the inevitable. I'm okay with it. But this is episode 10, simply entitled Karen. The much maligned Karen episode. Here's the thing. A lot of the Marvel Netflix series, as we've mentioned, have had like a mid-season lull in yeah. the pace. Usually that lull lasts about two or three episodes. Daredevil Season 3, I feel, does not have that lull except for this episode, where the lull, instead of lasting two to three episodes, lasts about you know 40 minutes of this episode. I don't hate this episode as much as everyone else. I, I don't hate it. I don't think it's bad. Okay. I just think it's unnecessary, especially in their choice of placement of it. Because we come off the high of the last episode where you see the Kingpin come into full power. Yeah. And you're excited for what's going to happen next. And you get a little bit of that in this episode. But you first have to go through like this 40-minute flashback, which really could have been at most a 15- to 20-minute scene that I felt would have had more impact if it was Karen herself telling it to like Foggy or Matt. I don't necessarily disagree, but I do think it's kind of important to maybe show it, only because we've had... Two and a half seasons up to this point of this character who has been strongly hinted at having some skeletons in her closet Yeah, over all that time. We don't know what specifically, but we've been wondering, yeah. and now we get to see it. And this is... And I'm okay with that. The story as it's presented here is... Purely a Netflix invention? Yeah, this, yeah. This doesn't really have any foundation in the comics. Not any... I mean, maybe some of it has some basis, but to my yeah. knowledge, it's, this is not... I mean, Karen does have a very checkered past in the comics, but yes. like... Yeah. Put it this way. I'm I'm much happier with this direction than the comics direction. Really? Yes. Okay. Let's just say Karen doesn't get the... the mm, I don't think they could put her... Frank Miller, even in his best days, had tendencies with his female characters. And he would go... 
one of two extremes with them. Go on. They were either really, really super strong characters. Yeah. Or very meek and victimized. He never really found a... Just a normal person. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. So, in the comics, Karen becomes a drug-addicted porn star who then sells out Matt's identity for drug money. Yeah. Maybe that's not the best way to go here. I think I think the drug addiction probably would have been enough because everything that comes after that is still believable. Sure. No, we have to go deeper. Yeah. Um, so we don't get that here, but we do get Karen uh, does have a dr- kind of a drugged up past to a degree. Yeah. She's a hard partier. Yeah. 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 Um, she, at, at first, we're kind of like not exposed to that, but then it's like, oh, wait, Karen's the dealer. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, and her father is, is Beecher from Oz. <laughs> watched Oz. So oh, okay. I'll trust you on that. It's kind of great. It's, it's really great, actually, <laughs> until that last season, but we don't talk about that. Um, does Beecher from Oz ever meet Beaker from the Muppets? No. And that's probably for the best because, uh, no good could come of that relationship. Can, <laughs> can, can there be a... Muppets version of Oz. Dude. <laughs> the world's not ready for that. <laughs> Someone's going to be a Nazi and it's going to break your heart and you, we're just we can't we can't do that. We just can't. We can't. Falcon guy. No. No. Oh god, yeah, he's the likely one, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> oh man. That's sad. That's just kind of sad actually. Um, anyway, I'm just picturing Kermit with a little tiny hat on his head, <laughs> like out of BC. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> oh, this is messed up. Anyway, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta break out of that. Okay. Uh, no, no Muppets and Oz. No. <laughs> <laughs> you're still here. Your mind is tumbling down. I'm imagining Fozzie Bear standing in a corner in, in solitary peeing in a bucket. <laughs> <laughs> on camera Because that happens in Oz It's Christopher Maloney I'm watching him pee in a bucket for waka, real waka. <laughs> But it's Fozzie Bear <laughs> Oh man Alright we're done with this episode <laughs> I got nothing here Oh my god Wow all right. All right. Well, okay. That. So, yeah, Karen. Karen's dealing. She's dating the dealer. Dad owns a, like, diner type thing. Mom is passed on from illness. It's your ultimate small town tale. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Um, she gets involved. She gets in bed with the dealer, kind of. They're getting ready to leave. Brother gets involved. Brother gets killed. Yeah, and it's kind of her fault. Yeah. Kind of. I mean, indirectly, but directly. I mean... I just think it took up too much. It, the placement of it in the season was not great. And I think. I, well, I think you just wanted... You were, you were riding high, and you wanted to keep riding high. But I think, yeah. I think we had to take this diversion to kind oh. of set the table. 
I think you got to set the table to get to get you back because Karen obviously is a very important character and she has big decisions to make. Big things are going to happen for her and we kind of need to see where she came from before that can happen. We need to resolve all those all those mysterious issues yeah. that we've talked about in the past with her in previous seasons like when in season 1 when when uh she has gun uh, the gun pointed at Wesley and, yeah. and she says to him do you think it's the first time I pointed a gun at someone like oh yeah. you know hey wait a minute it's not it's not the function that i have a problem with it's the form mm. all right well you know hey yeah. i also defend the episode of stranger things when when they take the little field trip with the other kids from the experiment i have no problem with that 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 again it's a much maligned episode everyone hates it oh. It was wrong. Oh, excuse me. No, I, I, you know, maybe it's maybe it's better. I forgot. But during our how was your week segment, I've got some ruminations on things, Carl. Things, society, and people, and the internet, and whatnot. Well, want to just well, sum it up quickly? No, you no, hate it all. Nope. Let's table it because I don't. I don't want to go down that well right now. All right. Too um, busy thinking of Muppets and us. Yeah, you know that really. <laughs> I'm still there. It's, it's kind of weird. It's kind of weird. It's, it's, it's really weird, actually. Jay Gelsomino is going to help with... Uh, we're going to develop this plot further, because now I just can't help it. It's <laughs> Jay's let, homework. Let you guys do that. Yeah. Um, I do want to watch Oz. Just, like, there's so much other stuff to watch. Um, so, the flashback conveys what needs to convey yes and we catch up with karen and she's hiding out in the church yes and she has a really good exchange with father latham 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 sure latham. I, I forgot her latham. latham yeah yeah not- latham lantern um father green lantern that's right um and he invites her up to church yeah to attend mass yeah and I- and aside from this going on, uh, Fisk. Oh, he orders Karen dead. Yeah, he just he like puts the hit out. Straight up orders Karen. I think in this brief little scene, the character kind of regresses a little bit. Okay, back to kind of where he was at in season one. Um, just because that like Wesley is still still such a raw nerve. Yeah, for him. Um, and he just straight up orders decks to kill karen yeah and here we are in a church where karen's at and bullseye's at scale one to ten how much were you expecting a guardian devil resolution to this uh it almost happened so they sold it right up until the reveal yeah and when we say guardian devil and we did review the guardian devil story run done by kevin smith in the classic marvel knights run karen dies in that book bullseye kills her and credit to marvel she's still dead yeah um and so right up until the camera pans over and you see that as in fact uh, Father Lantham, who has caught the billy club in the chest. I I, I fully expected Karen to die in this episode. Yeah. And it didn't happen. Yeah. Swerve, bro. Yeah, and like way to kind of keep keep the audience 
the those in the know kind of off off balance off their feet i think they did a good job with that with this season in general yeah again i thought you know all along i thought they were gonna do you know matt's identity getting out and yada yada and the karen thing and 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 they they swerved uh in ways i did not expect they hit like the really super important points of the the born again storyline more or less seasoned with uh, some other things here and there but Matt has to make a choice at one point. Does he either want to stay and take out Fisk or does he want to go and save Karen? And obviously, as we know, he goes to save Karen because we get Matt versus Bullseye round two. Yes. And again, just, an, just oh, God, such a good fight scene between this, these two. This is a much better version of the fight scene that we got in the movie. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> This Matt Matt versus uh, Bullseye scene in a church is it was a lot better. Not as much uh, catching CGI glass, no stacks uh-huh. in the hands. Uh-huh. Um, not as much leaping around a CGI pipe organ, janky CGI um, models jumping around. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, this was better. And spoilers, Matt gets his. Get some licks in, but kind of gets his tail kicked again. Yeah, he's having a hard time with Bullseye. <laughs> yeah. Karen saves him this time. She does. Karen saves Matt this time. And then Matt's just not and looking in, in rough shape at the end of the episode. Yeah. And Bullseye escapes. Yes. So that's that's where we're, that's where we're at. I, I, again, I'm, I'm okay with it. Everything is fine. The Karen stuff is fine. We kind of had to see where she came from to see where she's going to go. Yeah. There, typically with the, the Marvel Netflix shows, the there's a buildup to the end run yes. for the season. And it doesn't feel like we're quite there yet. Hmm. Uh, they, that, which is funny because typically they get there about episode 9 or 10. This was 10, right? So this was 10. We got three to go. So three to go. Looking forward to finishing it out. And not in a way because it means, you know, we finished it out. It's over, man. It's over. Game over, man. <laughs> you put her in charge. <laughs> <laughs> All righty. So, folks, that about does it for another episode this week. We appreciate you stopping by and listening to our rantings and ravings. If you want to send us any questions or comments to the show to be read right on the show, you can do so at the following locations. You can follow us on Twitter at Devil's Do Pod. You can like our page on Facebook at facebook.com slash Devil's Do Pod. You can email us at the Devil's Do Pod at gmail.com, or you can find all these resources available to you on our website, the Devil's Do Podcast.com. Drew, that being said, any last thoughts? Like for life or just for the episode? Yeah, just for the episode. <laughs> okay. Uh, no. Alan Waiters just sent us an update of what uh, Nintendo games are going to be on the oh, yeah? online service. Oh, yeah? uh, Kid Icarus and Star Tropics. Star Tropics. Oh, that's cute. Quick question. Go if on. you can't answer us quickly, then we'll just table it to the next episode. What was the deal with like the silver boxes that like kid icarus and metroid got all the other boxes were black uh were they yeah i think metroid had a silver box as well 
Yeah, Metroid has. I said Kid Icarus and Metroid had silver hmm. boxes. I don't know. That's a good question. <coughs> Make them stand out a little more? I don't, I don't know. Maybe they were... Um, well, hang on. Now that I'm thinking about it, were they... The original NES games... Well, we got, we got diverted real quick, didn't we? Um, Kid Icarus, right? I'm going to look at the box real quick. Kid Icarus box art. Okay, so the original NES box art it had not just the game, but... Oh, wait, there's a black version. There was a silver and a black. Okay. I don't know. So, Kid Icarus, big Los Angeles Raiders fan. I guess. I see. I don't have an answer for you. I was going to say right. maybe it had something to do with the sports or adventure or whatever little label that was on the box yeah, as yeah. well. But maybe I don't. I don't know if that's really the case at all. Hmm. Hmm. I'll. I'll. I'll have to do some homework on this. You know who probably know if. if I'm That's sure. Nate. I'm sure. I was gonna say it. If if you do not know, I'm sure Nate does. So Nate, write into the show and tell us why were some of the early Nintendo boxes black and other ones silver. We demand explanations. Yes. To me, it looks like the adventure games have silver boxes. That being Metroid and Kid Icarus. But Rad Racer had a silver box too. Ugh. Uh. Did it? Yeah. I, I, but it Nate, also had a black one. So Nate, just let us know. Yeah, help, help us. Yeah, help us, help us. We need to know. All right, sure. Courts adjourned.